Good morning. It's great to be with you again as we continue in our series in the book of 1 John. So our Bible reading today is from the book of 1 John, chapter 2, starting at verse 3. We know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands. Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar. The truth is not in that person. But if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. Dear friends, I'm not writing to you a new command, but an old one, which you've had since the beginning. This old command is the message that you've heard. Yet I am writing you a new command. Its truth is seen in him and in you, because the darkness is passing and the true light is already shining. Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates a brother or sister is still in the darkness. Anyone who loves their brother and sister lives in the light, and there is nothing in them to make them stumble. But anyone who hates a brother or sister is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness. They do not know where they're going because the darkness has blinded them. Jumping to verse 15. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. Dear children, this is the last hour, and as you've heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come. This is how we know it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they did not really belong to us. For if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. But their going showed that none of them belonged to us. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and all of you know the truth. I do not write to you because you do not know the truth, but because you do know it, and because no lie comes from the truth. Who is the liar? It is whoever denies that Jesus is the Christ. Such a person is the Antichrist, denying the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever acknowledges the Son has the Father also. As for you, see what you have heard, see that what you have heard from the beginning remains in you. If it does, you will also remain in the Son and in the Father. And this is what he promised us, eternal life. I'm writing these things to you about those who are trying to lead you astray. As for you, the anointing you received from him remains in you, and you do not need anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about all things, and as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in him. And now, dear children, continue in him, so that when he appears, we may be confident and unashamed before him at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who does what is right has been born of him. For the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Well, as I mentioned, uh, we're doing a series on the book of 1 John. And I mentioned last week that since Christianity started, there have been almost countless challenges um, to uh, doctrine and to practices. And sometimes these challenges come from um, changed ideas in society. Sometimes they come from lifestyles um, outside of the, you know, the Christian believers that challenge us. Should we be doing that kind of thing as well? Sometimes, uh, sometimes it's ideas, sometimes it's lifestyle. Um, sometimes uh, they're good challenges and sometimes they're evil challenges. And whenever there is a challenge, the church and Christian people have to decide, is what we're doing, is what we're believing in the right thing or is this challenge calling on us to make some changes? Should we stand firm or should we perhaps reconsider how we're interpreting scripture? And also last week, as we came to chapter one, we discerned that the context in which John writes his letter is that there, that there is a challenge and it's related to doctrine. Um, there was a group which later came to be known as the Gnostics, Gnosis, knowledge. They were all about knowledge. And um, whether these people uh, had become Christians and brought in this Gnostic thinking or whether they were Christians that had been attracted to this Gnostic thinking, which, you know, was derived from other philosophies of its day and applied to Christianity. John puts forward in chapter 1 an outline of what he sees as the essence of Christianity so that the people he's writing to will be able to um, consider the challenge and uh, as, as the book unfolds to stand firm against it. And in chapter one, he said that really the essence of Christianity is all about the word of life, um, that word uh, which was from the beginning, John says, that word which we have seen and heard and touched, he is referring to Jesus Christ and the message that Jesus brought. So the word of life, the incarnated God, Jesus Christ, both man and God, human and God. Um, and then he goes on to talk about the message of life. The message of life, he says, this is the message we've heard. God is light, in him there is no darkness. He talks about sin, um, that sort of like, unpalatable truth about all humans, that God is light. He calls us to walk in the light, and yet uh, we walk in darkness because of sin. But God has made it possible for us to be reconciled and to walk into the light because of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, because of the new life, um, that lit up life um, that allows us to walk in God's light when we come to Christ in repentance and faith. And finally, he talks about the fellowship of life, that there is a tangibility to the Christian life. There is a there is a living out of the Christian life. The Christian life is not just about what we think and what we believe, but it's also about the experience of our relationship with both the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So now we come to chapter two, and John continues talking about not the essence of Christianity, but... Um, the, how we can be assured that what we are believing and doing is true Christianity. Um, these days in Australia, because of the pandemic, if you, if you travel from one state to another, you are required to get a border pass. 
Um, most of us do this on our phone. We scan a QR code at the airport and it asks us a series of questions before the customs people will allow us to enter the state. All sorts of questions like, um, are you feeling unwell? Uh, have you um, had COVID recently? Do you know someone who has? A whole series of questions. Um, you know, do you have a fever or a sore throat? All these questions that are about the state you're trying to enter, being able to discern, are you truly healthy and there, are you truly safe and therefore we can allow you into our state. So John in chapter 2, likewise, he's got this series of tests in chapter 2. Um, he doesn't phrase them as questions, but really they are, they are questions that we can ask ourselves, a series of tests by which we can discern whether the Christianity that we are practicing, the Christianity that we believe in, whether it's a genuinely, it's a genuinely Christian faith that we're believing in and doing. Um, he starts off by talking about knowledge again. And as I said, this, this, um, this heresy, as it came to be known, about Gnosticism was all about knowledge and knowing God. And so he starts in this chapter, he says, um, he says, we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands. Uh, whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar and the truth is not in that person. But if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know we're in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. So John engages this um, this difficult teaching where it's coming from. It's all about knowledge and talking about a secret knowledge of God, a spiritual knowledge that we can have of God. And John's first test is, look, you're not a genuine Christian um, unless you're actually obeying God, uh, living in the way that God commands, following in the way of Jesus. Anyone who lives in him, he says, must live as Jesus did, must uh, follow in the footsteps of Jesus. Uh, and that, of course, involves loving others, serving others, um, upholding justice, uh, loving mercy. These are all the things that God both commands and loves and that Jesus taught and did. Um, and therefore, of course, if someone is calling themselves a Christian, then naturally they ought to also feel um, you know, passionate about the same things that God uh, feels passionate about, the same things that Jesus taught about, ought to be the concerns, uh, their own concerns as well. So it's a valid thing to say, well, is someone a genuine Christian? Am I a genuine Christian? We ought to look at our behaviour. Are we living as God commanded? God is a moral God. Um, God is light and in him there is no darkness. Have we come to not only know that truth, but we're practising that truth, trying to walk in the light, um, walk in the light. So that Christians are people who do good, who live within the law, who care about the rights of others, who show mercy and so on and so forth. The Bible is full of instruction about um, all of God's commands. So there's that first test that John applies. Is your faith genuine? Uh, we're talking about genuine Christianity here. There is um, what uh, John Stott and Roy Clements in their, in, their, in their commentaries call a series of tests. And the first one is a moral test. What's your life like? What are you doing? Are you living out the commands of God?
The second test comes uh, as he describes it in verses 7 to 10. Dear friends, I'm not writing you a new command, but an old one, which you've had since the beginning. Well, we've recently done a series on the greatest command, which is to love. Um, And he says, this old command is the message that you've heard. And he says, yet I am writing you a new command. Its truth is seen in him and in you because the darkness is passing and the true light is already shining. Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates a brother or sister is actually still in the darkness. And anyone who loves their brother and sister lives in the light, nothing in them to make them stumble. Anyone who hates a brother or sister is in the darkness, walks around in the darkness. They don't know where they're going because the darkness has blinded them. So the second test that John talks about, is our faith genuine, is our Christianity genuine, is a love test. Uh, It is the greatest command. Um, It is the oldest command, but it's also the newest command too. Um, And uh, Jesus called us not only to love those who love us, uh, but to love those who are our enemies and also to to especially love our brothers and sisters in the church. By this, he said, well, all people know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So there is this test about our love, our affection uh, for other Christians as well as others and our service because we are a family. And when we come to church, um, they are not strangers sitting next to us in the pews of the church. They are our spiritual brothers and sisters, our spiritual aunts, uncles, our spiritual mothers and fathers. And so, um, you know, whether we love them or not is one of those, it's another one of those lived out tests um, that John is talking about. Are you a genuine Christian? Well, what can you look at in your life to see how you are caring for other Christians? Now, of course, Uh, If we're going to love other Christian people or people in our church, we've got to know them first. And so that's why uh, I encourage you not just to go to church or watch church, as you might be doing now, but also to be in touch with other Christians, make friends with the other Christians in your church, Um, whether that's, you know, by having a coffee during the week or being in some uh, community group or uh, mother's union or meeting down the street for a coffee or phoning each other. Like, you know, we're actually meant to be like family and we can't be family. We don't even know what each other's needs are um, unless uh, we get to know each other, unless we become friends to start with. So here's John's second test and an encouragement. Love each other. And he goes on in verse 15 to 17 to talk about stop loving the world, but love the things of God, um, love the things of heaven. The third test that he speaks of is a doctrine test in verse 18 and so on. Um, Very strong words. Dear children, this is the last hour. And as you've heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come. And I suppose um, an Antichrist is simply someone who stands against uh, Jesus Christ. And he says, um, they went out from us. They didn't really belong to us. If they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us, but their going showed that none of them belonged to us. So one assumes that there were a bunch of people in the church who left to follow because they weren't happy with the teaching of the church or the doing of the church. They left to follow this um, other teaching, uh, which I've referred to as Gnosticism. But he says, but you have an anointing from the Holy One, and all of you know the truth. I don't write because you don't know the truth, but because you know it, and because no lie comes from the truth. 
Who is the liar? It's whoever denies that Jesus is the Christ. It's interesting in this passage that goes on, John uses the phrase anointing a number of times. He says, you have an anointing from the Holy One. And uh, commentators have suggested, well, perhaps this anointing is a reference to the gift of the Holy Spirit. Um, as Christ said, the Holy Spirit will you know, be the one that illuminates the truth about Jesus to us and uh, helps us to discern many things and to be wise. He says, well, you've got this anointing. The anointing could be a reference to Christian baptism um, or to the catechism, the teaching that preceded um, a person's baptism into the Christian faith. Um, but I, I'm persuaded about the fact that perhaps John is using this word anointing because it was a word that um, these people who'd left the church used as well. Uh, we have a special anointing, um, they may have said. And so John says, you've got an anointing and it's from the Holy One and you've had it from the beginning. Uh, you've had it from the very beginning. Um, and it's all about Jesus Christ, this anointing. It's interesting what Roy Clements says in his commentary. It's lovely. He says, um, talks about how we are anointing and it's an anointing of, it's an anointing that teaches us about Jesus Christ and the truth of the gospel. Um, and he says this, he writes this, he says, God has nothing more to give us than Christ. And he gave us him at conversion. All our spiritual development is a deepening of that relationship which has been given to us. If we realize that, our Christian intuition will discern the presence of any you know, false teaching uh, one way or another, because one way or another, any, any false teaching is, uh, is teaching against Jesus Christ. Um, it's something also that tells us that our conversion our beliefs, um, our conversion and our faith is not enough, that we need something extra, something special, some special anointing. Um, that has been, you know, as we look down through history, that has been what um, so many uh, people who've gone out of the church have, have proclaimed, that, you know, you need something more. You need a new experience. Uh, you, you need a special anointing um, in order for your faith to be genuine. But John is writing, you are anointed, You've had it from the beginning. You know the truth. I don't write because you don't know the truth. You know the truth already. He's trying to build their confidence through this series of tests. So the tests were a moral test. The one who knows God is the one who actually um, uh, obeys God, uh, who follows in the step, footsteps of Jesus, who, who thinks about a situation, what would Jesus do if Jesus were me in this situation? Um, the second test is about love our affection and particularly our, our, our affection for our other brothers and our brothers and sisters in the church. And, of course, we need to know them in order to serve them. Um, so the faith is not just about what we know in our heads. It's about what we do. It's about how we act towards others. Um, and our third test is around doctrine, but he builds our confidence. He says the heart of Christian doctrine is all about Jesus Christ. Um, and the heart of any heresy is uh, the heart of any uh, what any antichrist teaches, he says, is that it will be in opposition to proclaiming Jesus Christ as Lord, uh, to acknowledging that Christ sits at the right hand of God, that Christ died for our sins and rose from the dead.
He says, now dear ch children, continue in him so that when he appears, we can be confident, unashamed before him at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know everyone who does what is right has been born of him. John writes these things as a great reassurance. And in our age, um, you know, there are things that make us doubt our faith. There are teachings that can make us doubt our faith. Um, as, our, as we age as Christians, and perhaps we start to feel a bit stale as Christians, we can doubt, like, do I have a genuine faith? I'm not as on fire as some of these young people I see in the church or whatever. Um, against all of that, John says, you know, it's a pretty simple test about whether you have a genuine faith, uh, whether you genuinely know God. There's a moral test, there's a love test, there's a doctrine test, and you know the truth. What you need to do is keep following us, keep following us. Christian assurance, John says, is something quite simple. Um, it's concrete. It's, it's stuff we can observe. It's stuff that is objective. It's not this esoteric stuff that um, perhaps these others were teaching about. Just to conclude, uh, someone might say, but what about grace, Tracy? Uh, we're saved by God's grace. It's not about what we've done, but God, um, it's about what God has done in Christ uh, for us. Uh, that is true, of course. We are saved by grace, not our doctrine, not our works. But as, as, as James wrote, um, this, uh, this faith that we, you know, that we're trusting in, this faith that we have in Christ is never alone. It's always accompanied by an outworking of the faith, uh, our works, our deeds, um, our, our statements and so on. And so while it might be true to say when someone first becomes a Christian, um, it's all about grace and we don't see much in their life that, you know, would, would, um, tell us much about these moral tests and so on. Um, but it's also true that for someone who's been, like the longer we are Christian people, um, then the more and more we ought to be seeing these things um, in, our, in the practices of our faith. Um, we ought to be able to look and see this person loves God because they love the same things that God loves. They love justice, they love mercy, and I can see it in their lives. We ought to be able to reassure ourselves also about what we do um, we ought to be reassured by our, our, our love for other people in the church as well as the world, um, which shows itself in acts of service to one another, helping each other out, uh, caring, and also in our proclamation about Jesus Christ. Um, our doctrine, uh, you know, there, there is much, a doctrine is a big capital D word, but at its centre is what we believe about Jesus Christ. John says, you know, just ask yourself these tests and be reassured. And when you hear teaching that your antenna goes up and, you know, you think, is that wonky? Apply these tests to the one who is bringing this teaching, who is trying to persuade you that you need something more as a Christian person. You need some extra experience. You need some special anointing. You need to believe something new. No, John says, you know the truth. Um, continue in it. Continue in him. Well, thank you for listening. I look forward to seeing you next week.